This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Hi everybody, it's JR Joe here, covering on the presser again. Now the Seven Bridge may be free these days, but Newport were left paying the toll for their Tuesday night trip down the M4. Luke Jeffcott turning their Orient-beating amber glow to a dull, rusty, town clock grey. Next up, hearts on fire, strong desire. Steve Evans and Stevenage running up the steps. It's all gone Rocky Five in the concrete Silkingrad. And here, my sparring partner, as ever, from Total Sports Swindon, is Joe Acklam. Hello, JR. How are you doing? I got it right second time, didn't I? That was okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they don't have to know that bit. You're you're a one take break um, in their eyes. <laughs> yeah, in my in my dream world here. Um, so yes, Newport on Tuesday. Uh, the last episode covered it very well. You'll have one with Rich speaking to you, Dave on that. If you go one episode ahead, I was there. I was there with my uh, my old man, Mister Gareth Williams, and my cousin Jack. Both there as neutrals. Possibly neutrals who have seen several hundred Newport County games as neutrals, I'm sure. Um, so no question about their loyalties, about them being in attendance with me in the Don Rogers. 
Um, a very, very good Tuesday night out, if not the most exciting game of football. How did you find it? Yeah, I thought it was very good. Apparently, I was the only person in the county ground who didn't think Romeo Hutton was carving through Newport like a chainsaw through melted batter. But you know, I thought overall it was a very good performance. And you know, Scott Lindsay said it afterwards that basically all we didn't do was score more goals because that game should have been way more comfortable than coming down to a, a last-minute goal-line clearance. Uh, what about a cold chainsaw through equally cold butter? Would that analogy work for you? It, it would, um, but I, I, but such was the um, ebullient reports on Romeo Hutton as compared to my uh, my player ratings that um, I think he was even more devastating than that. Well, it's a game of opinions after all, isn't it? So I guess that's uh, <laughs> that's what it's all about. Another comprehensive win, though. This I was there thinking, especially towards the end, that this was the sort of game where. We might be coming away thinking that we should have won it and we could have been held, but so for nothing else, he did manage to at least keep that keep that goal out at the end. Although, why did he whack it straight at him? Well, yeah, you can't have everything, but we, we managed to survive that. And I think all round, everyone would have been incredibly miffed and disappointed if we hadn't managed to hold out in a game where you know Newport had very little and between that and... Omar Bogle failing to score a one-on-one after he was put through by Baldry, you know. But overall, it was it was a very comprehensive, if not quite so on the scoreboard, performance from Swindon. Yeah, this is if the couple of things that you know my my contingent went away with. First is that my dad is now maybe the world's biggest Saidu Khan fan. He's very much uh, fully paid up and in, in that fan club. Um, but you'd have to say Swindon made a lot more chances but Newport basically had some absolutely guilt-edged chances and completely fluffed their lines yeah I think they'll be a bit confused of how they didn't score obviously Swindon will be a bit annoyed themselves um I was disappointed because I've I've heard good things about Saidu Khan but whilst writing three match reports the fact that he played the last 20 minutes meant I saw very little of it so um uh, what I've heard he was good but (laughs) despite being there and actively watching the game I, I couldn't tell you a single thing he did are you letting in a trick of the trade there? Yeah, getting that match report down there. And, and quite often, isn't it, that something will turn in the last couple of minutes and it'll all be for naught and you have to write it all again. That has been the case quite a few times at the county ground this season, but thankfully for Romeo Hutton, that wasn't the case this time around. And thankfully, no county ground this weekend because we're back on the road. A lot of excitement. It's an all-ticket affair going down to Stevenage. Lots of people buy tickets on Tuesday night. Big queues at the uh, gates. up, And so, of course, it is, of course, presser time. You were there speaking to Scott Lindsay uh, with, I believe, Andrew Hawes of BBC Radio Wiltshire and Johnny Leefield. Um, how, was, how was Scott feeling going into Saturday? I think Scott was feeling very good with his trip to the Lamex Stadium, uh, where the football has been a lot less lame than usual this season. Um, yeah, it was. He, he seemed in in good spirits. We, um, you, it will be, become of more relevance if you when you hear the recording of my questions to him. But we actually got to see Swindon Town's scouting report to Stevenage uh, after we were finished. We, I obviously won't reveal what was in it, but it was a it was an interesting time of actually being shown. What what Swindon had gathered on them, and from the the data and what they what they're thinking, it makes me think of the last episode there because I remember Rich saying that it felt like on Tuesday night that certainly for the the opening ten to fifteen, I'd say up until maybe the 
Darcy and Gladwin got their cards and just seemed to ease off a bit. It felt like Swindon had really done their homework. Quite a comprehensive uh, scouting mission, was it? Yeah, it was. It was a fairly girthy booklet that they had on on Stevenage. So you have to say that they they know what they're stepping into at the weekend. Well, we'd love to hear about the girth here. So that's uh, very much appreciated. Um, okay, so usually let's get on to Swindon matters before we get on to you know the top secrets of how we're going to undo the steamroller in Stevenage on Saturday. Let's just go over the physio bench then. How are things looking? Last week I heard you talking with Rich on the presser about uh, Angus MacDonald and the dislocated shoulder and hoping that it won't need surgery. All that makes me think is Jordan Lyden didn't need surgery and we didn't see him for a very long time. We still haven't seen him uh, at the county ground or anywhere else since. So, what's the prognosis for him? Mm, I have to say, it's, it's not sounding great on Angus MacDonald. We're, we're still in the, we don't think he needs surgery phase. Each time I've heard that answer, it has been given with increasingly less um, assurance from Scott Lindsay. Uh, the, the point now is that Angus MacDonald, I'm not sure what, um, if he's you know, wanting the second opinion specifically himself, because it feels like the Swindon medical team are fairly confident he doesn't need surgery, but he is going to be seeing a specialist um, on his injury to see whether or not he will need that surgery. And if he does, it will be a much longer term injury than if he doesn't. So, you know, I think we're all hoping that he's in a state where he won't need to do that so he can get back a bit quicker. But it is looking like it's going to be a little while with Angus MacDonald, unfortunately. I think... Uh, We'll be seeing quite a lot of Matthew Baldry for the next few weeks. I did see online, now this has been recently uploaded, um, and it's from a insurance partner that I believe that Angus MacDonald is a client of, just kind of giving a testimony of, you know, his uh, his health issues that he's had you know, throughout his career with, uh, you know, with clots and uh, developing into uh, cancers and all sorts of tribulations that he's had that way so i think he's somebody who's who's very on top of you know his his health and perhaps he wants to lean into that that third party insurer to just get that second opinion while he while he has the policy open absolutely i mean if he's paying for these people but also it's very much his prerogative it's his body it's his career if he thinks that he needs an additional opinion and if he's and if that is the case you would think that he's leaning towards having surgery on it um, he wants to be sure if that is something that he needs to have. But if the Swindon medical people are saying no and he's saying, well, I think I need to keep going, then that's clearly something he's trying to look after himself, which when you reach your latter days of your career as Angus MacDonald is no doubt in, um, you know, you want to be careful because this could this could really F up most of his most of his life potentially. Well, exactly. I know in the sort of in the immediate term you think, well, surgery will take him out for longer than well, the prognosis, what was it, about eight to ten weeks if if the Swindon medical staff have got it right, but you know, what's what's even ten to twelve to fourteen weeks if it means that you can actually fix something permanently? Let's hopefully move on to a bit of more positive news. Uh Tommy Adloye. Any uh good news to come his way? I think there is. Yeah, I think it's the first good news since he joined Swindon for Tommy Adeloy, to be honest. He's had a bit of a torrid time of it, having come into the season half-cooked a bit. 
having a tough game against Harrogate and then Walsall and then being out of the team and getting injured. But he he was in training today, um, in fact. Not a full participant in the whole session, but he took part in bits of it, apparently very sharp, um, which Scotland has said about all the players returning from injury, but uh, he did look it. They're hoping that he'll be back in full training by the end of next week, but uh, we're in the, the latter stages of this Tommy Adeloy injury, it looks like. Does that mean that we could potentially see him getting involved in the illustrious Papa John's away trip to the Memorial Ground against Bristol Rovers? Uh, there is an outside chance that he could do that. I would I would suspect that if given the... I think this has taken a bit longer than they would have expected, so uh, they won't want to rush him in to anything. You know, they've, they've already seen firsthand that if someone isn't ready, then it's bad news with Rashan Hepburn Murphy. So I, I, I would be a little bit surprised if he got involved with that too quickly. But I think hopefully by the end of this month, he will be able to be involved in a game. That would be useful. I noticed as well, Tuesday was an example of how we've got five subs this season. We're not always using them. So hopefully as we've got more options, we might see more cameos and more opportunities for a player like that to impress. Yeah, it's definitely an opportunity for that. And, um, you know, throw, throw out your running order here, maybe a little bit, JR, but he was talking a little bit later on about Ben Gladwin and how, you know, he's come back and he's much fitter poss- probably than he's been certainly last year and possibly for quite a while. Get Based on how his career's gone, possibly since he left Swindon, this is the best shape he's been in. Um, so he's doing really well. And Scott Lindsay has that trust with him that, trying to find out where his fitness is and if he does need to come off then you know they they communicate together and he is going to have to think about resting him a bit more and those substitutes allow him to do that if needs be but at the moment you know Scott Lindsay isn't taking too much advantage of what is a pretty formidable bench I can see the actually the team sheet um from Tuesday night nearby and there's there's some quality on there that they didn't need in the end in that game so this is as I say, I bring it back up, up quite a lot, but last season there was absolutely nothing on that substitute bench. And, you know, if there was five subs, that would probably have been a major disadvantage to Swindon. But this year, it's definitely something they can they can grab hold of and use if players like, you know, Adeloy are coming back in and you can use him for a little bit less without it ruining a game plan or something, or someone like Ben Gladwin needs a bit of time off, then you can bring him off uh, a lot more easily without... You know, again, you could start him in a game knowing he has to come off, which maybe you couldn't do otherwise. We can we can roll the run sheet a little bit. You know, we can talk a bit of Ben Glover because I think, like you say, it's timely yeah. in terms of if we're looking at a player that's had injury problems last season. He's sort of very seemed much to be on a, a job share with another player who's had injury problems in his career with Johnny Williams. But this season, you know, he's he's drop weight. Um, and from going from being a bit of a uh, a bogeyman and a scapegoat for a lot of the fans online, he's arguably the man at the moment. Absolutely, he got his um, is it the Virtue Motors Player of the Month? I forget who the sponsor is specifically, but um, Bristol Street maybe. Uh, he's up for Player of the Month at the moment. The fact that he wasn't Swindon's Player of the Month it, behind which Sol Brin took that makes you question a little bit his validity to actually win the whole league award. But he, he's playing great. And I'm personally on a one-man comple- uh, campaign to get Johnny Leefield to apologise to Ben Gladwin for all the mean things he said about him before. But um, 
you know, he's he's playing unbelievably well. He was and it's breathtaking best once again against Newport. And, you know, Scott Lindsay clearly has a very close relationship to him. He really trusts him. He said he feels like he's a he's a leader on the pitch for him in that team. He just understands the way this team is playing so well. And he really helps um, communicate his message to the other players because there is a player who gets it because this team is fairly similar. He, he brought up Mark Cooper himself, which which is probably not the easiest thing for Scott Lindsay to do, but this team plays in a way like that. And because Gladwin understands that system quite well, he's he's really helping on that end and he's just flourishing generally in his own play. Well, listen, it's not all good news because he did, of course, pick up a yellow card for what I thought was actually quite soft and I thought it was a bit early to be you know giving up the bad discipline just have a word ref was what I was thinking there basically it's a loose segue to bring me on to yellow cards and discipline because I believe this came up in the press of today about you know if we if we I think we spoke about this a few weeks ago as to whether we've got a bit of a discipline problem going on yeah, I think it, it, with Ben Gladwin, as you say, and I don't place her down. I thought it was a lovely segue there. Um, I believe Flazer Brake, Tracy and Louis Reed are now both on four yellow cards. So one booking away from any potential suspension. And, you know, Scott Lindsay, we, we spoke again. Oh, well, I spoke with Rich on Monday about um, trying to manage referees. And once again, the, the side of not wanting the petulant yellow cards came up so they don't want to give cheap things away but uh, also without restricting those players too much he's gonna have to have a word with them about being a bit more cautious and not getting those suspensions i i definitely brought this up on an earlier presser probably about mccurdy but the uh the the speech that brian clough gives in the damned united uh when billy bremner gets suspended about i i want you fit for every game no (laughs) i want good clean football from my captain and that sort of thing. So, you know, he's, he's making sure that those guys don't go over the over the pale with referees and with challenges and things without holding themselves back too much in their own play. So, a bit of a balancing act and a, a, the proverbial tightrope for those two to be walking at the weekend. Well, I thought Michael Sheen himself was uh, opposite. <laughs> then I thought you were going to go into a nice Welsh diatribe and a proverbial tightrope. I'll commend you. Two day-to-day references in two presses. Excellent. Love it. Um, there's a difference, isn't there, between, of course, if you've got... If you pick up yellow cards for, you know, putting in a good tackle, I think Lindsay is right that, you know, that's, that's at least credible and part of the game is showing intent. But we did have some silliness last year. I think it might have been against Colchester where it was a game where Reed didn't play and basically sort of came on in his tracksuit and went up to the ref and said... I don't think you were very good in much, much, much stronger terms, terms I couldn't repeat here, and managed to earn himself a suspension. And I don't know, just dissent and chopsy at the ref just seems so unnecessary from a disciplinary stance. They need a they need a high performance podcast or something to rein it in, don't they? That's what Ben Garner would have done. Yeah, helicopter in Jake Humphreys to to get get them all gl- dialed in properly, and, and enough of this nonsense is. As Lindsay said, I'm very happy for them to get booked if they're do- actually doing something in the game. Just, just don't do the silly stuff with referees that, you know, is probably going to hurt winning in the games because the refs are just going to take a disliking to the team and stop giving stuff. 50-50s our way. 
but also, you know, you get bookings that just aren't needed. Yeah, I would agree entirely with that. Uh, so, and of course, you know, the going is good at the moment. We're picking up results, turning a bit of a corner. Northampton aside, but you know, they are they are doing very well this year. Um, is that that confidence growing? Are they managed to win the duel of you know head versus heart? Well, um, as 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 Scott Lindsay has gone to length on this season to say that they've always had that internal confidence within the group, and certainly before the start of the season, it was practically overflowing with confidence, and that came with a pretty swift fall. But um, no, was, I think they're doing very doing very well. They're they're very happy with their performances, and they're excited to keep going with with that. But they come up against the Stevenage side, who are second in the league. It's the second straight week we've played the team in second, which I can't imagine happens too often. Um, and, you know, they're against a, a side who are also going to be very confident. And it's about, you know, having to having to manage that. But when, the, when especially, I think, when you play the style of football that Swindon are playing, if you have that belief in yourselves, then it's going to go, it goes a long way because you don't stop making the passes that you need to be playing because they seem a bit risky. If you're if you're not feeling quite so happy within yourself and confident with your football, you're going to play it a bit too safe. I'm thinking Luke Williams uh, as Swindon, and but if you are feeling, you know, feeling like you're playing well, then you're going to try that stuff because you imagine you can make it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, now Stevenage have been winning by fine margins, and Swindon too have been winning by. Fine margins. This was a issue that came up in the press. There, do we need a bit more, a bit more bolster, a bit more security, winning games to build more momentum and confidence in our team? Well, it is. It is a point that was that was raised, and it's something that I've actually thought about uh, across the last few weeks. When thinking, it would be quite nice if I wasn't having to worry about having to make a quick change to the match report as we come towards the final five minutes, which has been the case because I w- wasn't able to come to Rochester because of train strikes. It was something that's been the case at all of the big games I've been at this season where there's less than a goal in it going into that la- those latter stages. So, you know, it's it's the point where, you know, maybe a Swindon not being convincing enough in their results. The performances obviously have been fairly strong and Scott Lindsay is very protective of his performances, but um, he, he would batter that back pretty quickly. He's... No, if he looks at it very much the half glass full way, which is just so infuriating when people are like that. Um, in that, the fact that we've we've won those narrow games and we've got those goals when we needed them. You know, if you look at Sutton, for example, or or uh, you know making that block from Romeo Hutton on the line when he was when he was needed, that it shows the mentality in this Swindon team that they are believing in themselves and they're making sure that. When it comes to those narrow margins, they're the ones on the right side of them. Indeed, it's going to be a battle of the fine margins on Saturday. Scott Lindsay, known for you know having a positive slant on things, but also known for being quite complimentary to his opponents. Would be quite justified in being so, as level one points with Leighton Orient. Although Orient have got a game in hand, twenty-eight points each. What did he mark out as? Stevenage's big threats. Well, he talked a lot about the experience of of Steve Evans and everyone in their dugout. They've got a 
got a lot of football league football under their quite large belts. Um, and then he mentioned Luke Norris, and I was distracted whilst he was talking about their players because I was like, well, he's not good, though, is he? I've seen him play. You're lying to my face. I've seen it with my own eyes. He's not. And um, I'm going to say this again because it's killed twice already. That the fact that Luke Norris scored two at the week is in the week is actually a very good thing for us because that's his season goal tally gone in one night. So um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. But um, yeah, so I, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily thinking about the individuals he picked out, but uh, you know, it's I don't think it takes too much to figure out how Stephen is going to try and play us. This is we've played some pretty direct teams already this season. I think Gillingham and. Sutton and Northampton and even Newport to a large extent have tried to play that way but Stevenage are probably the masters of it this season or certainly on the start of the season uh, they are going to be very direct and whenever the chance comes to them they're going to play it long I don't I think it was last weekend someone from the D3 D4 or maybe it was not the top 20 one of the EFL podcasts tweeted out a touch heat map from Stevenage this season there was just a big old hole in the middle of the pitch, like a donut, where they just hadn't touched the ball very much at all. So it goes back to front and front to back with them. And, um, you know, they're contesting a lot of aerial duels and being very successful in them. So, you know, it's going to be... Well, thankfully, Swindon actually sat behind the goal uh, at the away from home this season. So your next won't be getting... You won't be getting whiplash in the away end, but... Generally speaking, this is when when Stevenage had the ball going to be quite a direct game, and Swindon going to have to going to have to um, stamp their own possession on the game because that's that's obviously their style, and you know it's a very it's a big clash of styles. I think it's fair to say Swindon being sort of the second highest possession team I think this season so far, um, and Stevenage a, a Steve Evans team, if we'll put it that way. An informed Ben Gladwin could have a lot of fun in that in that big hole in the heat map. Just thinking. Um, obviously the real, the real meat, the juicy bits are going to be in that big girthy scouting uh, document that you've you've had privilege of seeing. But I wouldn't ever expect you to divulge those secrets here. You'll have to save that for your autobiography in uh, in years to come. But true to form, you are the stat man, and you did ask Scott Lindsay a, a question about. Uh, Stevenage and shots. So, should we have a listen? Let's hear it. Yeah. Um, I was just looking through the stats, and Stevenage. You love a stat, don't you? Why? So you love a stat. I'm, I'm looking for differences and see about the other teams. But um, Stevenage is second for shots on target in the league. I think it was 5.2 per game. Um, you were talking last week about how you were looking through the stats and trying to get Sol Brin to do less work. Um, is this a good barometer of where you are with that? So they're second. Second. Where are we? Um, I didn't look for us. It was important. For shots outside the box? Uh, just shots on target. Oh, shots on target. Okay. So, can you say the question again? Sorry, Jack. Um, you, you were talking before about trying to get Solbrin to have a little bit less work to do. Yeah. And Stevenage being so proficient at getting shots off, is this a good barometer of where you are with that? Yeah, no, we, we do need to be better at, um, at, at, at Sol making saves, definitely. We do need to block up the middle of the pitch. Um, I think we limited uh, Newport on on Tuesday night to to very little, if I'm honest with you. Um, I, I honestly believe that we we limited Northampton to a degree. I don't think they had great amount of chances still. Um, however, they went and won the game, so you know we have to look at that. But 
yeah, that's that's definitely an area we need to improve on. And but I do feel there's been an improvement in the last two games. So yes, true to form, data analyst for Swindon, confronting Scott Lindsay with <laughs> with data that you sourced that he'll probably repeat back to you next week. Um, what do you think to Lindsay's response? I, th- I think he rumbled me as my freelancing gig as Swindon's chief data analyst. Because as I said, it was after this that he said, you know, do you want to see our stats? And showed us and when got the actual data analyst was Swindon. And, and uh, we, that's when we saw the the scouting report that they'd done on Stephenage, which, as you say, I, I, I am under threat of being shot by Scott Lindsay of to not say what is in it. But yeah, it was it was very interesting where, you know, where because he had said last week, which is, which is why I brought up the question um, about how how um, Scott Solbrin had been expected to do a little bit too much so far this season, and he very much has done it, so it's fine. But um, you know, they they want to take take that work away from him, concede less shots, and he said in the last week he's been pretty pleased with the way that they've they've done that. You know, against Newport. There was very little given up in Northampton. There wasn't too much spare change in that in that for them either. So yeah, it's it's nicely. I think I do agree that it is going in the right direction. Swinging across the pitch are going in the right direction. I think it would be fair to say. So it would be it would be good. But as I say, they are the the second highest for shots on target. So it is going to be a, quite a big test if Swindon can stand up to this aerial bombardment. This is why there were so many tickets being cleared on Tuesday night. Now, you were joined by a member of the playing squad who was mysteriously absent last week with illness after meeting none other than um, friend of the pod, friend of the Tom Broadbent Lounge, Tyler, who met Matthew Baudry in Asda and was waxing lyrical about it on Friday evening and then on Saturday wasn't seen. So we blame Tyler for that entirely. But yes, how privileged to have the company of... Frenchie, Matthew Baudry. Yes, it was lovely. And um, if any of you out there don't read Total, Matthew Baudry reads Total, because the first thing he said is, why did you give me a five? Um, so, <laughs> you know, very much very much endorsed by Matthew Baudry, the publication. Uh, he will now be receiving... We've had a chat, and he will now be receiving nines or tens for the rest of the season. And I'll take this time to advertise. If any players do want to sponsor the sports content, I will be happy to boost your ratings... We don't have to tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's usually the order that the publication will sponsor them, but whatever. I'm sure Romeo Hutton will be in touch <laughs> anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, great opportunity to get into into Matthew and all the things that uh, make him tick. And we went right back to the beginning, didn't we? We went back to the Le Havre Academy days. Yeah, he went all the way back. I erroneously said Lorient because his dad had coached at Lorient, so I got a bit confused at the start, but... Those who listened to, I, I believe it was during the, the early COVID period that Baudry appeared on Low Strangers. So this these may feel sound somewhat familiar to some people, but he was talking about his upbringing and how he came through at La Havre. And he said that sometimes people had, you know, maybe criticised that academy, but he's always keen to point out that it's the, the second academy of France, I believe he said. Uh, players like Pogba, Riyad Mahrez, Lasana Diara all come through there and their star pupil is, of course, Matty Baudry. Yeah, comprehensive archive on the Low Strangers if you wanted to listen back to that, Matty Baudry. And I know that Rich would be too shy to plug such a thing, but 
were you to become a donator and register for the Patreon, have even more service space and can have even more of those archive interviews. So give it a consideration, won't you? Um, yet yeah, some illustrious alumni, of course, from Le Havre, but I go back, I did wonder if your Lorient thing, which you put on the blog, I do respect that, that you put it on there and just corrected the timeline rather than going back to edit it. It was very open and honest of you. I wonder if you're thinking either of Richie Wellens or Fabian Robert. But there are two more Le Havre prospects from Swindon in the last 10 years. From the same season, put you on the spot here now. Do you remember who they are? All from the same season at Le Havre. Um... I don't feel from the same season from La Havre, from the same. Oh, they have the same. same they were Swindon win. teammates at um, the same time. Oof, it's, um, it's almost certainly a, a De Canio season, right? Because we had so many players. Oh, it could have been his also that. No, I'll give you a clue. It's uh, it's, it's peak Swindon. It's uh, post that Preston game. It's uh, the Mark Cooper, Luke Williams, two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen season. Is it Robert and Drissa Traore? It is uh, Balmy. So you got one out of two. Very good. Yes. Oh, there you go. So um, an esteemed pipeline to come to Swindon. And um, yeah, not really much happening from there. The the, uh, well-known Helium brothers, weren't they, I believe? Lemon and Ormond (laughs) Otterwell. Yes, exactly. For someone who went to uh, Oxford and... um, both Oxfords, United and City, it was the gas that undid him in the end. Matthew Baudry, um, he had a love for merry old England. Mm. That's uh, you know nicely timely. Um, what was it that, that caught his affections for this lovely island? Uh, well, I believe he said that um, La Havre is twinned with Brighton as an academy, so he played some football as a younger player here and uh, he very much liked Brighton. Um, I think he said he had the chance to move to Leeds at one point and when that didn't didn't work out, he decided he knew he wanted to play England at some point because the Premier League is very big in France because players like Cantona, of course. Um, and so, you know, he got that chance to move to Bournemouth and he very much likes Bournemouth to the extent that he still lives in the area. So, yeah, he, he said that he very much loves that as a place and he's very happy in the UK and has, has liked it his whole time. Yes, you know, he loves life on the South Coast and lots of us expected that that would be where he would be spending his days doing something else this season. But he did reconsider. The offer was put on the table and he accepted. Um, what did he have to say for changing his mind on retirement? Hmm, I was I was in the press conference where he first said that he was thinking of retirement and it did always seem that because of the way he was playing and what he said, it was, it was never going to be about not feeling he was going to be good enough to play football. So himself, he still believes himself in the position to be uh, among the best in League Two at that level. He could easily hold his own. He just wanted more, more um, time with his family, and obviously living in quite fairly far away from Swindon, that's that takes some time away from him being able to do that. So. That was his main consideration, but he, thankfully for all of us, he reconsidered and has decided to commit another season. He's um, he, he speaks later on in the way he about you know, last season using that as motivation. He said to himself when we got relegated that he wanted to be a part of the team that took Swindon back into League One, and obviously they didn't do that last season. So there, 
he's uh, he stuck around to try and be a part of that this year. He's definitely a winner because you know in his certainly in his EFL career he's got numerous promotions to his name. I'm sure he's got a nice uh, rec room with some medals and nice pictures of him at Wembley and all kinds of things like that. So good for him to to reconsider and play a part. And it seems like you know he's he's quite at ease with his with his place in the squad. That you know he'll be here you know when he's called upon. Yeah, absolutely. I think. He's, he said that in his younger days, maybe he wouldn't be quite so calm. But he understands how the game goes. And obviously what he what he knew would eventually happen has come to pass with Angus MacDonald uh, sustaining an injury. You know, he, he always felt that with the way seasons go, he would always get that opportunity to get back into the side. Having, of course, started the season as part of that back three, um, he, he was always happy to, you know, push others and get the best out of them using his leadership and, you know what he could apply to them, and and help them to get better. And then when the opportunity comes, as as he's you know he he's very much believes he's good enough to take it. And um, you know, and now having seen the seen the other side of things, I hundred percent believe that he is. And come back into it, he did on Tuesday. How did he feel after ninety minutes against Newport? Well, well there's not much defending to do, was there? So he, he should be fine. But you know, he's he's. He was very, he was very pleased to be out there. He is, he talked about uh, the lovely lights of the county ground and enjoying to play underneath them, and was very happy with Swindon's overall performance. So he was, he was all, all over, pretty happy. Didn't seem, he didn't mention any particular fatigue, which we did hear from Jeff Cott um, after that game. So I, I think he was all around pretty happy with how it went. This will probably be you know, his last his last professional engagement and, you know, he'll be drawing the curtains on his career. But there was some questioning about, you know, somebody whose career is just really starting out in the pro game, Mr. Tom Clayton and his thoughts on him. Well, it was, it was very complimentary about Tom Clayton as it's uh, very difficult not to be, I would suggest. You know, you said uh, players that, that young, they, they generally don't, communicate on the pitch as well as Tom Clayton does. Also he's you know, he's he listens to Baudry and McDonald and help is looking to use their experience and he's been improving all the time and he's a very easy player to play with, it sounds like. And they have that trust between them as a pairing that um makes playing as a cent- as as a centre back a lot easier on the pair of them. Now Baudry of course has the advantage over Clayton that he knows pretty much what to expect on Saturday from a team like Stevenage. How did he feel like it was going to go down? Yeah, the, it's that difficult one. He's, you know, he, I think even Clayton at this point, he's played what 10 games of League Two. I think he understands what it's about by now. But uh, Baudry said that, you know, they they aren't particularly panicking or scared about it. They're, they know what's about to happen. They've, you know, they've already played teams that are going to try and play like Stevenage do and they're, they're ready to go and do it and they, they're all going to back themselves to be able to deal with it because generally speaking they've, against those longer ball teams, they haven't had too many issues so far, they've not you know, had a real weakness in the air this season, players like Flazer Break Tracy, as we've all seen had that, you know, is, is very at the very top of the league for winning his aerial duels and everyone else has had done their fair share of aerial work as well and you know they they know that they can kill them with the ball if if they get the chance and it's just about making that happen 
you had a chance to ask him a couple of squad-based questions, so should we have a listen and then talk about those? Absolutely. Yeah, just thinking, obviously you've been in a side that did win the league and then a side that came quite close to promotion last season. At this point in the season, how do you feel that this team's getting on in comparison? Um, I think, like I say, like, it's very hard to, to, to look ahead too far. I think what you've got to see is like, the foundation and the work you put in every day of season. Season is that long. Even if you think you're doing well, at one point you just come totally derailed you know, like a season like that. And I think what makes you keep going is like just the consistency week in, week out um, in training. And then when you get a bad result, it's how you react. I think the main thing is in this league is that where you can lose against anyone. And you, um, it's the reaction when you lose a game. Um, so that's a good sign. Uh, last game, how we reacted, um, but yeah, I think the, the lads are the lads are very good here. Um, we had a big turnaround in the summer, and it's just like it took a bit of time to know each other, like also, also as persons, because um, we didn't. Some people came late in preseason and stuff, so you need to learn each other. And, and I think we we're getting to the team not only on the pitch, but outside, starting to gel really well. And in terms of learning each other, is it more difficult when you're, you've not been starting loads of games? Can you do that on the training ground and off the pitch? For me? Yeah, just personally. like understanding, say, Tom Clayton and the other defenders a lot. No, no, it's not really. And I, I don't know, sometimes, like, it's like, for me especially, it's like, um, because it's always like earning the trust. And it's like, when I'm not playing, um, and if I'm like consistent with them, and I've like, I think it's important to know, like, I'm not there just. It's hard to explain. So, say when I'm playing, if I say something to them, it's like, kind of look like, oh, I'm just trying to cover myself. But if, when you're not playing and you're just talking to them and trying to help them, I think people like realize you're here for the good of the group and you, you kind of like earn their trust. You know what I mean? The way like where they, we need to build a group where people are not playing are trying to help also the ones that are playing. So, um, for me, it's important when I'm not playing. Um, when you preach, when I'm like an old person, I'm preach like the good of the group, like the health of the group. It's like when I'm not playing, I've got to show like I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Even if I'm not playing, I'm here for the group. So I think for me, sometimes like to not be playing is good because then people see it and just re- like respect that and respect. It's not just it's just not thinking about him. It's about the group. And I think in the long term that that helps me, if you know what I mean. Okay, so the first one I know we talked a bit about Tom Clayton, but we're addressing more in detail now how you know how the rest of the squad is is blending in. We learned last year Baldry was sort of signalled as being you know a great influence, uh, a great character to have around the club. How does he feel that everybody is coming together? Yeah, I, I was looking to see if he you know what where he fought this Swindon team compared to those sides and I don't think he was he was too willing to be bought into those to be bought into those comparisons because obviously as as he said um you know he's been in the game long enough to know that this this isn't necessarily a fair representation of the full season they're doing pretty well for now but you know it, those those teams kicked on and went and went and did you know one won the title and one got to the playoffs so you know that if they they're in a promising position at the moment but it's all about how where they go from here rather than what they've already done, which is true, but uh, not as interesting as 
dishing the dirt on Richie Wellens being a fraud and that team actually wasn't that good and never would have got promoted anyway. I am absolutely getting the tea on that that dreaded middle season that we don't talk about. These are the teams we want to compare, don't we? We want to compare the Wellens team, the Ghana team, the Lindsay team, and that thing that happened in the middle, we'll just we'll just brush that under the carpet. It's an aberration. It doesn't count. There weren't fans there, and the counter ground is incredibly loud. Exactly. It was just some sort of weird nightmare that I had on my iFollow. Right, let's look forward <laughs> to Saturday then and think about uh, predictions. How do you think it will go? Uh, this is tough one. I, I am going to this one. I'll be in the away end if anyone wants to throw something at me or what have you. Um, uh, no chairs, please. Yeah, not, please not, chair, not, chairs this, not this time, although they may come off a bit easier because because of glue but um but yeah I, I i think i have a bad feeling about this one i think i think we're gonna lose two nil i think stevenage are kind of the real deal which is annoying because it's stevenage and they're naturally supposed to finish 21st every year and just somehow stay stay up without anyone quite understanding why yeah, this is a very strange feeling seeing Stevenage steamrolling ahead. And we didn't really touch on this in the presser, but there's still time left, so we can go on it now. We have hit the quarter mark of the season. So, you know, the way the table is looking now might be a fairly good indicator of, you know, where everything stands here. I've got a feeling that even if it goes badly on Saturday, bearing in mind how they're playing... And, you know, this country memes aside. Christ, you watched Swindon game last night? Of course I did. What a joke. Some of them not fit to wear a shirt, I say. Kara said to me, she goes, you know that Luke Norris? She goes, she goes, he gets paid two grand to play football. I said to her, he doesn't get paid two grand to play football. He gets paid two grand to fall on his ass the whole game. Would we really think that it was such a bad thing if it didn't go the way we wanted it to? Is that really going to impact as badly as it would have a couple of weeks ago now that we've you know we've found some form? Same as same as Northampton last week. You know, if we lose we we go again, right? Well absolutely. I, I think hopefully Stevenage will go 0-2 with uh, their admin trying to provoke Swindon through TV shows. because uh, we all remember the um the Swindon slugs before Owen Doyle's last minute winner all that time ago when Richie Wellens slagged off the fans and they just loved it. Um, but, um, yeah, I well, it was one of the questions asked on on Tuesday after the game was every time Swindon have lost a game in the league, they've they've come back and got, got at least something in the next game. Obviously, it was a draw after Harrogate, but after Northampton, they've got a win. So uh, this team clearly has a good bit of resilience and, in the fight to get back and Scott Lindsay talked really well about you know the the people in this dressing room who won't accept lower standards and if if they have lost a game they're going to drag everyone back up again so I, I I have confidence if we even if we were to lose and obviously I predicted that we will and as usual I hope that I'm wrong um this they will come fighting back because we've got was it Colchester next and they're not great so no, there's always that chance then, but this this team just does have that spirit to get back in back uh, back from a loot, a loss. Yeah, have you had the have you had the privilege to go to Stevenage Town apart from going to the football ground before? 
Um, I I walked through a bit of it. It, it entirely seemed to be underpasses, but I've not been to the town town part. It's super concretey. The most depressing thing I can't I can't shift this is that in their shopping centre, and bear in mind that they have a professional team in their town that used to be non-league and made it to the EFL, utterly grim to say that they have an official Spurs shop. Have a Tottenham Hotspur shop? That's a bit... It's a bit sad, really, if nothing else. It's awful, it's awful. So, if nothing else, I hope that this season they can at least vanquish that. Um, I'm going to go for a very dull, on Rich's behalf here, bit of a mirror of last year. I think I'm going to optimistically go for a 1-1. I, I think everyone would probably take a draw going into that game. To be honest, Stevenage is it's going to be a really tough one because, as we say, they're they're conf- they're used to having a two in in their league position, but it's usually not got nothing next to it. <laughs> exactly. I don't think it's going to be a dull one anyway. I think it's going to be very entertaining, and I imagine a lot of people will be making the excursion despite you know travel strikes and those kind of things. I think a lot of people are going to be going to the uh, the chateau this weekend to see this if they don't get a ticket. Yeah, it's well. There's it's going to be difficult to get there because I believe the the motorway is closed as well as well as rail strikes. But all those hardy souls will will get in, and hopefully, Swindon can get the result. Well, normally I would say that Rich will be there to catch up with it on Sunday, but I will be doing the match on Sunday as well, so I will get to talk to the good people listening to this on then. But until then, back under the uh, the watchful eye of Rich. You'll be back on the press the next week. Joe, thank you very much. Good speaking to you, JR. Try the box to Good run by him and now The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of The Presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Never, ever joke about Swindon Football Club, ever. Especially Luke Norris, because Martin used to play dice with his dad. And uh, he basically sees uh, Luke like a son. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van, unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.